Thank you, Pastor. Wow, what a joy and an honor it is to be here with you guys today and to be up here in Mentor. And one thing I have learned about the Mentor area in Ashtabula, I believe, you guys know how to do some ribs up in this area. We had fun yesterday on the lake at the rib burnoff. You didn't burn them. They had, if, I think it's still going on. I think we left a few. I don't know how many we left over there, Pastor, maybe two or three, but uh, we had a great time. And it is such a joy and an honor to be here with you guys. Thank you, Pastor and Dina, for uh, hanging, letting me hang out with you guys and share a little bit uh, with you guys from our heart. And I've already run into some old friends uh, who are here uh, hanging out in this local church and definitely want to also thank, um, I don't know if Pastor Nip is here, but he definitely uh, is the one that connected me with this church many years ago. You guys have been partnering with me, whether you knew it or not, for several years. And I'm just so happy about this heart connection that we have. I, make a, I was making a joke yesterday with Pastor Bob that uh, he was at uh, the seminary that I've been teaching at now for 15 years, he visited the seminary before God called me to the seminary. And so uh, I think it was in the late 90s that past, your pastor visited the seminary and planted this missional heart that he has and just pulled him. And so I don't know if pastor, your pastor Bob was supposed to be the one staying at that seminary. And then, and then uh, God just started looking for another Bobby to to send down there, you know, and I was like, here I am I, Lord, send me, you know, and <laughs> Pastor Dina's like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> there was another Bobby to send, uh, but my wife and I, we've been down in Quito, Ecuador now for 15 years, and um, for the, I've been teaching there at that Bible school there and leading many projects, and you'll hear more about those over the over the years that our partnership is going to forge here and grow uh, through this local church. But uh, for about the last 10 years now, we have been leading a project uh, ministering to at-risk kids and their family, and it's called Project M25. Project M25 is a ministry that is based on Christ's commands in Matthew chapter 25, where Jesus just calls each of us as his followers to live lives that just overflow in love and mercy and compassion. I don't know about you, but if there's something that we need more of in the world today, we need a little bit more love and mercy and compassion, right? Because everywhere we look, there seems to be hurt and pain and suffering and injustice. And in Latin America, where there is oppression and just a lot of discouragement and poverty, uh, we just try to be live out Christ's words in Matthew chapter 25 where he says, you know, if you see somebody that's hungry, can you give them some food? If you find somebody that's thirsty, can you give them a little bit of water? Maybe somebody that needs some clothes, can you just maybe share, share some clothes with them? So just to be those practical, tangible expressions of the hands and feet of Jesus every day, every day, not just on Sunday, but every day, uh, and just live that out because it just is an everyday life that we all live, and the needs just continue every day. And so we live this out just 
loving God and letting him do his thing, right? Just as he does it in your life, we just believe that he just does it in everybody's life because we just believe that living and loving God every day, he is going to be the one that is just continuing to redeem, restore, and transform lives, amen? And so that's what Project M25 is in a nutshell. And it's just an honor to kind of share a little bit about that with you guys today. I don't want to take much time today because I'm excited that your pastor is going to get slimed in a few minutes. Amen. He's so looking forward to it. And I also heard that if a little bit more money is raised, maybe Pastor Dina might get slimed too. Now, I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so I just want to share a little bit with you from my heart today uh, from a, one, an amazing story in the Bible from Mark chapter 2. It's a radical story. It's a crazy story uh, in Mark chapter 2 and kind of set the stage for this story about this Jesus character that just burst onto the scene and just blows our mind. Jesus just keeps blowing minds. And he blew my mind, he blew your pastor's mind, and he just keeps blowing all of our minds. Jesus just, he just kind of just shows up in Mark chapter one out of nowhere, and he suddenly in, in Mark chapter one, he's just burst onto the scene, and he goes down to a river, and he gets his cousin to baptize him, and all of a sudden, the skies burst open, and all of a sudden, God speaks, and he starts speaking to Jesus there coming out of the water, and he says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. I mean, this is how the, the story starts. I mean, it's just kind of like, whoa, boom, right there in your face, and God is speaking, and all of a sudden, out of that experience, the Holy Spirit, the word there is, the Holy Spirit thrusts, just kind of throws Jesus into the wilderness, you know, where there's wild beasts and animals, and Jesus is being tempted, and he's going days without food and water, and all of this formational experience, getting him prepared for ministry, and he comes out of this crazy, radical formational experience, and he goes on a, a evangelistic, evangelistic crusade like we've never seen before. This world was turned upside down. He comes out of this, and he calls his, he calls his first disciples, and he all of a sudden is then going, and he's called his disciples, and they're trying to keep up with him as fast as they can, and all of a sudden, he begins to heal the sick. He begins to preach and teach. He even heals Peter's mother-in-law. Now, you know that something radical has happened when mother-in-laws are getting healed in the house. This is crazy stuff that is happening. And then we come to Mark chapter 2. And it starts off here, and we're just going to let the scripture kind of tell the story itself here in Mark chapter 2. And the sense is, and it starts off, and it says, Jesus is coming home. And the sense is that he's gone on this amazing evangelistic crusade through the region, but now he's coming home. And I don't know about you, but whenever I get the opportunity to come home, it's like, Bobby gets to be Bobby. He's no longer missionary. 
He's no longer pastor. He gets to kick off his shoes and just be mama's little boy. I'll always be mama's little boy. And when I, when, the last weekend when I finally got to come home to, to their home in Birmingham, Alabama, my dad, I'll get a tear in my eye, my dad had a cup of, of, um, of um, fried okra that mama had cooked up for me to meet me. I mean, that's, that's what mamas do. That's what daddies do. They're, they just take care of you. And you can just be Bobby, whoever you are, Jimmy, Cindy. You can just be yourself. And it's like Jesus was just coming home after this tiring evangelistic crusade. And let's listen to the story as he's coming home, what happens. Verse 1. And again, he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. He was in his home. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. They tore through that sucker. I'm sorry, that's some Alabama coming through. They, they ripped through that roof. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. I love the message version here because it says, Jesus said, impressed by their bold belief, Jesus said to the paralytic, son, I forgive your sins. Impressed. Imagine impressing Jesus, right? And some of, some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your, son, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, and said, said, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed, went out in the presence of them all so that they were all amazed and glorifying God, saying, we never saw anything like this. Today I want to talk about these four men that impressed Jesus. And as followers today, the challenge is going to be, can we still impress Jesus? Can we accept that challenge to impress Jesus? And we don't know much about these four men that carried the mat of this paralytic man, but there's a few things that we can kind of infer from Scripture today that kind of apply to our lives today. The first thing that we can kind of recognize is that the four men had to come together and work together. The first thing is that they were obviously of some physical Stat, uh, they had the physical ability to be able to carry the paralytic man. So I have a little towel here that I'm going to kind of use as an object lesson. I'm a walker and a talker, if that's okay. Is that okay, Pastor? See, so ever walk and talk? I get the feeling. I get the feeling that it's hard to keep him up on stage. 
So I have, a, I have a, a little bit of a makeshift towel here. And so if we can imagine that we have this paralyzed man here. We don't know how long he's been paralyzed, but we know that he is lame and that he is unable to get to the presence of Jesus on his own. But now Jesus has come home. He's cut, and the tales and the, and the stories of what he's done throughout the region have followed him home to the point that when he gets home, there has now, a, a crowd has now gathered and the news that Jesus' is home has filled the, filled the whole area. And so now we have a lame man who's lying on this mat who can't get there on his own. But we find these four men who come together and they say, well, let us help this person get to the presence of Jesus. Now, the first thing that we learn is that it wasn't just one person who tried by themselves to try to carry the person by themselves to Jesus. Imagine if there was, I was trying to carry if your pastor was laying on here. You wanna come and do an object lesson and lay on here? No, no, no. Because imagine if he were laying on here and I tried to carry it by myself and I'm dragging your pastor across this floor. Well, first it's gonna be a joke because I'm not that strong and it's gonna be a mess of a, a predicament as he's bumping his head across the floor and Jesus is gonna to have to heal him of a bad headache in addition to being paralyzed. And it's just gonna be a mess of a situation. So the first thing that we learn is that they have to work together. And so then, I'll get you to help me. You can grab one corner of the mat here. Sure, it doesn't matter. So now we get the image that we have four men working together. And so they come together and they say, Jesus is over there. This lame person, he can't get there on his own. So we've got to work together. And each of us grab a corner and we'll start walking toward Jesus. And so the other thing that we instantly learn is though that they work together to get in one direction. But so often, unfortunately, in the church world, and I'm gonna step on toes because I'm leaving tomorrow, <laughs> is that unfortunately, I read a book about spiritual growth and how you need to get into the presence of Jesus, so I'm gonna go this way because I think the path is this way. But pastor over here, he was watching the YouTube video And he's done, he's done been thinking that that's the way to get into the presence of Jesus. So he's heading off that way. Oh my goodness, now the leader of women's ministry, she done went to that conference over there in Cleveland. And this is the way that she's thinking that we need to get into the presence of Jesus. And she heads off in yonder direction, another Alabama word. I don't know if y'all use yonder up here. And ball in the... Tarnation is this lame person needs to get into the presence of Jesus. And we're split and divided, running around just, we're just. <laughs> you get the picture? You get the picture? And we done got this mat all twisted up here. 
because we're fussing and fighting amongst ourselves here. And all that needs to happen is we got to get in one accord, lock arms together and say, this person's hurting. This person needs to be in the presence of Jesus. And Jesus is over there. So let's get together and let's get and walking together in one accord and get over in the presence of Jesus instead of fussing and fighting amongst ourselves. Thank you. Does that kind of click? So that's the first thing that we can kind of learn. The second thing that we can kind of learn about these four men is I like to think that they were kind of mentally tough. What do you mean by that? Well, it says that they got to the house and the, they encountered that there was such a crowd there that they couldn't get to, through the front door. The, there were so many people, it was jam-packed. There was no way to get in through the front door. And so they could have, at that point, just said, well, the normal way to get to Jesus, it just it seems like it's not going to work. It just seems like it's blocked. It's just too hard. It's just an obstacle. Well, we tried, brother. I did everything I could. I, I took you to the front door, but I couldn't get you any further. I couldn't get you into the presence of Jesus because the normal way just wasn't working. But no, instead, they, they were thinking creatively and they were thinking innovatively. And they were like, well, the normal way through the front door isn't working. Well, to the roof. Let's do something different. Let's shake things up a little bit. I, I've never seen this done before, but this person needs to be into the presence of Jesus. Sitting outside the front door ain't gonna work. This person needs to be in the presence of Jesus, not outside laying on a mat in their broken, hurting condition outside. Gotta get in the presence of Jesus. So let's, let's shake things up. Let's get creative. Let's go up to the roof. And so, I, so they were thinking and using everything at their disposal to make it happen. And that's what we have to do. We have to be persistent. We have to be a little bit on edge sometimes to, to okay, let's, let's read the tea leaves. Let's, let's check the pulse and let's, let's make sure that we're active and engaged so that we're making sure that we're getting those that are broken and hurting into the presence of Jesus. The third thing, though, is to think about that they were emotionally stable. They were emotionally healthy. What do you mean by that? Think about these three and these four men as they are now taking this broken, lame man up to the roof. And it says what? They began to break through that roof, rip through that roof. Imagine this would have been a roof with laid timbers of, packed with mud and sand. So imagine, you have a beautiful roof here of wood timbers. But instead of wood slats, it would have been packed with mud and straw, and it would have been hardened, right? But imagine then they're starting to dig through that. And as they're digging through this personal home, probably of Jesus, Mother, imagine the people outside as they're up on the roof digging through, going, 
hey, hey, what are you doing? What, 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 that, you're not supposed to do that. that that's kind of crazy. You need to stop that. And then think about who was inside the house. Who did it say was inside the house? Well, it was the scribes. It was the religious folk. It was the good little church boys and girls who had got there early and got there in the presence of Jesus and taken their seats around Jesus. And they were playing by the rules and they were doing things the way they were supposed to be done. And I'm listening to him preach. It says that in the word there. And they were listening. And imagine as they're digging through the roof, what was happening? Well, all of that dirt and sand and mud and straw, where was it going? It was falling down on these religious leaders and the religious elders of their time. Can you imagine if we're sitting in here right now having church and somebody jumps up on that roof with a chainsaw and starts splitting it wide open right now? What would be your reaction? How would you react to somebody that desperate to get a broken, lame, hurting person into the presence of Jesus that they split those timbers wide open and they say, I don't care what you say. I don't care what you do. This person needs to be into the presence of Jesus and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get them there. Wow. Is that not radical? Is that not crazy? So to think about that level of commitment, that level of all in, I'm, I'm emotionally here. I'm all in with this one, baby. It's, it's all or nothing. We're going all the way. And that's not a song lyric, I don't think. I don't know. But. And so then the last thing is that they were spiritually in tune with the mission of Christ. What do you mean by that? You get this picture, this image of Jesus is there. And he's got the scribes. He's got a full house. And he's got these religious leaders sitting there doing it the way that it's always been done. But these people, they have found a broken, hurting man who is lame, who needs to be into the presence of Jesus. And they are going to do whatever it takes to get them into the presence of Jesus. Because what they see here is this person who needs to be into the presence of Jesus. And instead of squabbling amongst themselves about, well, did this person sin or was it their parents' per the sin that caused this person to be in this condition? Do you remember the other stories in the Bible about Jesus? where it says that there was a man who was blind from birth. And so they brought this person to Jesus and they tried to trick Jesus. And they, the religious leaders did. They tried to trick Jesus and they tried to bring this blind man to Jesus and they were trying to ask him, well, Jesus, who sinned? This person who is blind from birth or his parents? Why is he blind? And Jesus just Rip that to shreds. And the same with this person. You get the sense that these four men, they were in tune with what Jesus was doing. He didn't come to the world. He didn't come to earth to condemn the world. He came to the world that all might be saved through him. 
And so you get the image that they are not here looking at this broken, lame person and saying, well, you made your mess. Now you gotta live with it. Well, that's your bed. That's your, you gotta lie in it now. I don't know about you in, uh, in, here in Ohio, but unfortunately in Alabama, oftentimes we will lay the guilt and the blame and the shame on the person in their mess. Instead of saying, well, that's a bad spot you're in right there. But I know somebody, I know somebody, if I can get you into the presence of Jesus, in his presence, there is freedom. In his presence, there is life. In his presence, there is liberty. In his presence, there is all these things, joy. In his presence, there is peace. In his presence, there is mercy. In his presence, there is transformation. Because all those old things, all those old things, they're passed away. But behold, I am living proof. I am living proof that behold, all things are new if we can get you into the presence of Jesus. If we can get you into the presence of Jesus. And in his presence, there is life. There is transformation. There is hope. And so today, the challenge is, are you going to be an agent of hope and change in your world today? It's a simple question. Are you going to embrace this challenge to grab a corner of the mat? Your pastor's grabbed a corner. The church as a whole has grabbed a corner. Each of us now have an opportunity to grab a corner of the mat to be an agent, just as these four men were, to be an agent of hope and change in a desperate and dying world, to make a difference, to make an impact, to change radically this world. Oftentimes we will believe the naysayers and the doomsayers of this world. We'll turn on the news and we will be depressed and hopeless in a matter of 30 seconds. But I choose life. I choose Jesus. And I choose to do whatever I can do today to grab a corner of the mat and carry somebody else who is broken, hurting, and lame into the presence of Jesus. Because in that action of carrying this person into the presence of Jesus, can you imagine, did you read the end, the end of the story? What happened to the whole group of people? When that person got up, when that person was transformed, when that person began to testify, they all testified. They all gave glory to God. Their faith, all of them began to rise within the house. And they all praised God. And that is what is happening if we will all grab our corner of the mat and join together. There are ways that this local church is going to join together and give you opportunities to grab a corner of the mat. 
And there are a couple of ways that we will be partnering over the next year. I'm excited that you guys have already joined together with us and that you have joined in the Give Water campaign and helping us to build inroads into the, our community through giving clean, safe drinking water to the children and the families in our community. I have a short video that I would like to end with uh, that shows that, then I'll say probably about two more words. Well, probably about two minutes worth of words. And then your pastor will say a few words. And then we're gonna watch him get slimed. Greetings from Quito, Ecuador. Studies show that unsafe drinking water is the second leading cause of major illness here in Ecuador. That is why we launched our Give Water program a couple of years ago. Through the Give Water program, we install lifetime water filtration systems in the homes of poor at-risk families. We educate the families on the benefits of drinking and using clean, safe water. We also have monthly follow-up visits to monitor the positive impact that this program is having. Through these monthly visits, we are able to build relationships. And these visits often become a chaplaincy visit where we share the good news and are invited to pray with the family. Many people have come into relationship with Jesus through these visits. Addictions have been broken, marriages have been restored, parents have better relationships with their kids. Today we celebrate that we were able to go into 100 more homes last week and install these water filtration systems. We were able to combine clean drinking water with the living water offered by Jesus Christ in 100 more homes. Over time, we will measure significant transformation in the health and well-being of these families. The kids will have fewer illnesses and less visits to the doctor. Each family member will feel better, stronger, and healthier. Thank you for partnering with us to be practical expressions of God's love to those who are poor and suffering. You can visit our website if you would like to learn more information about our mission work and how you can be a part of this transformative ministry. Your partnership will help at-risk families to flourish both physically and spiritually in Christ. Gracias y que Dios les bendiga. Thank you and may God bless you. Thank you. So on your, on your seats, uh, you should have cards here. And so on this card, it just has the name of the website where you can go to and you can learn more about this project. I just encourage each of you to maybe take this with you, to place it in your Bible. Maybe tonight when you're scrolling on Facebook or, or, or streaming Netflix or something like that, just check us out. Maybe sign up for our newsletter. We want to connect with you. We want to share with you what we're doing in Ecuador and what you're a part of. We celebrate that this church has already partnered with us and we're about to slime uh, Pastor Maybe if there's a check or two that comes in, we'll slime the pastor's wife too. <laughs> Woo! <laughs>
But uh, a few of you have already mentioned that you were, you were wanting to contribute to, that, to, to this project today. I don't think we're going to take up an offering because we don't want to detract from the sliming. But if you did want to contribute to this, each, um, each water filtration system is $150 to give clean, safe drinking water to a family for life. You can come and see me um, at the table outside or you can see your pastor. Uh, he'll be glad to connect with you and, and connect with you and um, make this a reality. We have, um, yeah, we have a project where we're going to be doing about a thousand more water filtration systems over the next year. So we just look forward to celebrating with you guys over the next year. The second thing is that every time that we install a water filtration system into a home, uh, we take on that family and the children in that family as a part of our holistic uh, program. And so we have children that we try to look for sponsors. We try to connect them with sponsors. So if you're interested in learning more about our Amigos program, where we partner you with a child in our program, uh, we would love to talk with you about that. It's $30 a month to be an Amigo to sponsor a child to make sure that they get proper education, proper uh, nutrition, and a water filtration system in their home. And then you can be a part of witnessing and encouraging them and just speaking life into them as they uh, as you watch God just transform their life and bring them from death to life. So thank you again, everyone, for helping us, partnering with us, and we just look forward to the great things that God will continue to do through our partnership. May God bless you.